Welcome back. Reading books, keeping a journal, taking a writing workshop, all things most of us can do easily. But if you're incarcerated, it's a different story. Books are scarce, as are the tools to be able to express yourself in writing. Right now, I'm joined by three people making books and writing workshops available to those on the inside. We'll also hear from the reporters behind Inside Scoop, the monthly newsletter published by people in the D.C. jail. Joining me now is Jackie Snow, who's a volunteer with D.C. Books to Prisons. She's also a freelance journalist. Jackie Snow, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Also joining us is Sandman. He's an artist based in D.C. and member of the Free Minds Book Club and Writing Workshop. Sandman, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And Clint Smith is a staff, staff writer for The Atlantic. He's the author of Counting Descent and the forthcoming How the World is Past. And he's a facilitator of the Free Minds Book Club in the D.C. jail. We've already gotten several calls from people who are participating in the Free Minds Book Club. So hang on, we'll get to you. Clint Smith, thank you for joining us. It's good to be here. Clint, what is the Free Minds Book Club and what do you do as a facilitator for the program? So Free Minds a Book Club is an organization based in D.C. Uh, that runs reading and writing workshops um, for people who are incarcerated in D.C. jail, uh, but also does a lot of book outreach to people who are incarcerated in federal prisons uh, across the country. And so they send, uh, we do, uh, we have, sort of have what we call monthly write nights where we have volunteers come and they uh, respond to the poems that people in federal uh, federal prisons across the country have written, um, providing feedback and affirmation and thoughts. And then the, we mail those back to the uh, people in those correctional facilities um, so that they can uh, experience some semblance of a workshop, experience the sense that people are responding to reading and um, and engaging with their work. Uh, and then also Fremont does a lot of work with um, recidivism and reentry and attempting to help people who have been part of the Fremont's organization um, while they were incarcerated uh, adjust and um, acclimate to the reality of society once they have been released. So it's a multi-pronged organization, but the sort of center of it is fostering a love of, of literature, a love of writing, and, and doing so in community um, with other incarcerated writers. I'd like to remind people that most D.C. inmates who are sentenced to incarceration are spread around the country because unlike most states, D.C. does not have its own prison where inmates who are convicted of crimes here can stay for long periods of time. Sandman, you participated in Free Minds for about a year. Why did you decide to join this book club? Um, it's actually an interesting story. Uh I don't know if you had the feedback, the little feedback of mine, but uh, for the most part, uh, one of the OGs uh, of my unit, and, um, he basically came to me and he knew that I was a writer so uh, and a rapper, uh, an artist, however. And he just said, man, I think it'd be nice if you can join, represent the culture, represent what Rich Brown to really do for the, for the youngins, for the, for the people coming up. And uh, I actually didn't want to do it. Uh, I was just so focused on just doing my time and getting out. Uh, but I'm glad I did make that decision. Tell me about your experience in the Free Minds Book Club. What were the conversations like? Um, it started off, uh, like you say, I was more so resentful. I, I looked at it as I was just doing him a favor. So I didn't recognize <laughs> what I was actually gaining from the opportunity. 
So it started off with me kind of uh, being to myself, not really participating as well. Uh, but then once I got comfortable and realized that it's a bigger purpose behind it, um, it just became a wonderful experience. Um, it, it took you out of it, which means it took you out of the cage. It took you out of the mentality of being locked inside of a, a cell and away from your family. It, it, it lets you realize that you uh, have an escape. I got to ask, with a name like Sandman, you seem to be doing something very cool. Tell me about what you do now. <laughs> yes, uh, with the name Sandman, uh, I'm an artist. I do music. Um, I'm a producer, a rapper. Um, but for the most part, um, it's about community engagement. I'm really big on making sure that uh, my youth understands the many different ways that you can make it without uh, the ways we're used to. And that's presented to us. Jackie Snow, exactly what does DC Books to Prisons do? We're a nonprofit that started in 1999 to send books to incarcerated readers that write us. Uh, right now, we serve folks in 34 states and in federal facilities. And um, last year, we sent about 5,700 packages to people that wrote us. Um, this year, you know, despite the pandemic and despite shutting down for four months, we have figured out a new system and it looks like we're actually going to surpass what we sent last year to and send about 6,000 packages this year. What's the new system? The new system is uh, engaged volunteers who have been with the program for, you know, at least um, six months to a year who kind of know the ropes are sending from home. So, uh, you know, people get categories, they get a, a box of books that we either had in storage or in our uh, former workroom, and they are then sent, we get the letters sent to our PO box, and then those are sent to the volunteers who then respond to the letters with the books that they have. So uh, there are some power volunteers who are sending, you know, uh, dozens or scores every week who are really uh, keeping up with all the letters that we're still receiving from folks in prison. You mentioned people who know the system. It's my understanding that when sending books to prisons across the country, there are a whole lot of rules and regulations to follow, or the books might not get through. What are some of the restrictions? Oh, yeah. So there's rules that we follow, just blanket rules to make it easier. So uh, no nudity whatsoever, which makes things like art books or medical, medical dictionaries really hard because those can be rejected even though, you know, they're, uh, you know, not super sexy or anything. Uh, we don't send um, things with local maps, which um, could be problematic. Uh, we don't send anything with stains, which some prisons will think that are, you know, like pages that have been dipped in drugs and that's a way to drug smuggle. So those are kind of some of the rules that we uh, follow. But then there's other places that have um, very specific uh, re other rules, like books have to be new, they have to be a certain size. Sometimes the packaging, they really um, want specific packaging around the books. Uh, sometimes they don't want lined paper. Um, D&D, &D, that is something that uh, we get a lot of role-playing request books, but those are things that are, you know, in some states and in some facilities aren't allowed. So we have a huge spreadsheet with 600 prisons and, like, all the different rules that each ones have. And so someone goes through each letter and writes on the letter about all the restrictions that we have to follow for specific prisons. Here is Eon in Washington, D.C. Eon, you're on the air. Go ahead, please. Hi, yes, Eon. thank you. How you doing? Doing pretty good, Ian. Go right ahead. 
Yes, well, uh, uh, I'm a free I'm a free minds writing workshop and book club facilitator. I actually came in contact with reading and writing while I was in prison. I was sent to prison as a juvenile, so basically was educated in prison through books and through writing. And I became a published author, and uh, I own a publishing company now. And I also work with Free Minds. Uh, free Minds is a is a thing that basically opened up my mind to all other types of lifestyles and cultures. And so, uh, you know, I've visited many places from prison through books. And now that I'm home, uh, a large portion of my life is uh, dictated uh, by writing. And uh, I basically move forward in my life with all things concerning literature. Thank you very much for sharing your story with us, Ian, and continued good luck to you. Also, some who wants to share a story is Jamion in Washington, D.C. Jamion, your turn. Uh, thank you for having me, Kojo. Um, You're welcome. Yeah, and so um, I'm a Free Minds member. Um, I'm currently the, the John Lewis Fellow, and I was also uh, previously incarcerated. And so, you know, just a small snippet of uh, what, what Free Minds has done for me is a lot of the times people don't know how much... Um, or they don't believe how much you can care unless you show how much you care. And uh, throughout my incarceration, Free Minds has has been that constant cornerstone, you know, inside of my life. And also, you know, when I was um, going through, you know, the reading and submitting my poetry to Free Minds, um, you know, they always had that uncanny ability to make me feel like I was, you know, complete and a human again, and that my, my voice mattered, and that I was heard. And so, you know, um, those were, uh, or they, they are important things that a person um, definitely needs in that particular type of struggle, and um, it helped me in my maturation stages and, you know, continuing to push forward and, you know, become the best human being that I can in this world. So... Jamin, it seems like you're well on your way toward becoming the best human being that you can be. So thank you for sharing with us, and good luck to you. And now here is Shannon in Washington, D.C. Shannon, your turn. Uh, uh, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, my name is Shannon Battle, uh, and I'm a returning citizen who uh, did 25 years of incarceration. I've been home 18 months, and I'm a current free mind member who has... Uh, uh, been a former John Lewis fellow and now uh, the current advocate and leadership specialist. And uh, Free Mind has been uh, intricate in my transition and guys like myself and peers who's returning to society and and peer support and programs of that nature to assist us, uh, you know, through through the organization's uh, model of reading and writing. Uh, Free Mind uh, is an organization that that help returning citizens like myself uh through many ways and and, and help, help help the process and um it's a great pleasure to be a, a member of it and it was a great pleasure to have you share your story with us too Shannon good luck to you as i've mentioned um We have special guests tuning in today, the journalists behind Insight Scoop, the monthly newsletter published by people in the D.C. jail. They have submitted questions and comments about writing and journalism for our guests to answer. Kenneth says, writing for Insight Scoop is like a form of self-awareness. 
When you read Inside Scoop, you will read something to remind you to look at yourself in the mirror. Clint Smith, and the first question we have comes from Kenneth. What's the best way for a non-writing person to become a writer? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, and, and put simply, it's to read. It's to read as much as you can, as often as you can. It's to read uh, across genres, to read fiction, nonfiction, history, sociology. Um, it's to, and, and it's to read with a specific eye toward the, the sort of literary um, and syntactical decisions that the writer is making. So, you know, if you're struck by a word, for example, if the, you know, I was recently reading something and the author said, talked about how the, the rain freckled the the sand and i never seen freckled used in that way before used as a verb instead of a noun and so you you retain things like that you make a note of it you sort of write it down and you think about other ways that language can be used in 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 interesting ways that can evoke images and uh, meditations and thoughts that um that might that you might not otherwise have considered and so i think the more you read um and the more you pay attention to reading as a writer and paying attention to the specific decisions that writers you admire are making, um, the more you can begin to sort of incorporate um, those sorts of similar um, decisions and the more natural they become in your own writing because you're sort of inundating yourself with uh, the best of, of what literature has to offer. So, uh, you know, it's a question that I always asked when I was young. I was like, what's the quick way to become a great writer? And unfortunately, there is not a quick way, right? Like writing is one of those things that, Sometimes people say, oh, you know, if I if I don't sit down and write something beautiful the first time, like I'm not meant to be a writer. But writing is is failure. It is failing over and over again. And it, it, in the same way that you practice music and you practice a sport, um, you don't just show up to the court and play. You don't just show up to the concert and play. You you do a lot of work that people will never see in order to make the the work that people do see. Uh, shine and shimmer. And so writing is the same thing. You you create and write a lot of work um, that the world will never see, but ultimately that allows for um, the work that you do present to the world to, to be its best. Noel sent us an email. I have a question for Sandman. What benefits have you gotten from reading together with others? Um, basically, uh, really what uh, Clint said, actually, um, just learning and understand the different dynamics of what reading can do. Um, I, I wasn't a really big fan of reading books. I was of reading. I, I love learning. I'm, I'm an avid research researcher. I love to research. So that was my form of reading. But when I dived into the, uh, the book part, it became more of a creative, like, it was different. It was like, like you say, you can look and it, the, the, the author may say her hair was as bright as the, the, the sunrise or something. <laughs> and it's just like the creativity behind that lets you know how far you and what you can do and the limitless uh, um, things that can be applied to your writing or reading. So that's what I gained because we were able to dissect more in free minds. We didn't just read. We actually like dissected the book and asked each other, what did this mean to you? Veronica so. wrote to us, 
I've never thought about writing poetry until I worked with a group of people from a non-profit organization named Free Minds, where they sent my poems to universities all over, where I received encouraging feedback. Clint Smith, you're a published poet. Your award-winning poetry collection, Counting Descent, was released in 2016. What advice would you have for people who are just starting to write poetry? You know, for me, poetry uh, is a, a means of paying attention. Um, I, I think, you know, it's paying attention to a feeling, paying attention to an idea, paying attention to a moment, paying attention to uh, something in front of you. And so, you know, I think one thing, uh, one exercise people can do is, is sort of just take, sit in a place, you know, whether it's your cell, whether it's your room, whether it's outside, um, and just try to pay attention to the details that, that you otherwise might sort of look over um, when you when you you know are just kind of moving throughout um, your day like what how would you describe the wall how would you describe the the smell that exists what what is the most sort of detailed and evocative language you can use and you know poetry is again it is the art of paying attention it is like a photograph when you see a photograph that captures um, something beautiful that you might pass every single day but you would never stop to pay attention um, I think the best poems are those that that stop you um, and force you to pay attention to something that you may have uh, otherwise overlooked. And I think the role of the writer and the role of the poet um, is to to slow down and get us to uh, to pay attention to those things. Jackie Snow, if people are interested in donating DC books to prisons, what type of donations do you accept? Uh, well. If they're local, we're still accepting book donations, uh, and more information can be found uh, on our website, dcbookstoprisoners.org. Uh, but we also, if you know, if you're not local, we have Amazon wish list. We have uh, Politics and Prose, a local bookshop um, here in DC. We have wish lists online where uh, folks can buy us books that get sent to our volunteers that can then send them out to people writing us letters. Okay, here is Scott in Washington, D.C. Scott, you're on the air. Go ahead, please. Hi, Kojo. I just uh, wanted to give a perspective of when I was incarcerated and finally got library privileges, it was like a lifeline. I was, you know, isolated and scared, and I could suddenly read, but then it opened up this other avenue of guys who I normally wouldn't interact with were coming up to me and saying, what are you reading? Why are you reading? And we'd have these conversations that I don't think, you know, people think happen in prison. And it was, it was just my lifeline and, and my opportunity to connect with others. Thank you very much for sharing that with us. Um, we heard from Kathleen, who sent us an email, wanted to give a shout-out to Tara Leibert, the co-founder of the Free Minds Book Club, who works tirelessly to help those in the D.C. jail and those returning to D.C. She and the organization deserve as much support as can be mustered. Um, Clint Smith, we had a couple of questions about book recommendations. Um, Alva says he likes to read things that help him learn and grow as a father and a man. Clint, you're a father, and this is something you've written about and even done a TED Talk about. Any advice for books or essays that deal with fatherhood? Books or essays that deal with fatherhood. Um, I think one of the the books that I um, have come to appreciate most is a, it's, it doesn't deal directly uh, with fatherhood, but but I think 
you know, when I think about what it means to uh, be a black man and a black father um, in this moment, uh, I, I think of a, a poet named Ross Gay, um, who has a book called uh, Catalog of Unabashed Gratitude. And for me, it, it is this wonderful sort of meditation on uh, kind of, as I alluded to before, the ordinary and the mundane and, and the small, you know, it's the, Ross is this only have about 15 one. seconds left. Go ahead. He's this, I, it's, a, it's an incredible poetry book that, that cel- written by a you know, six foot six black man that celebrates the, um, the small moments that we otherwise forget. Um, and, and I think for me as a father, it is those moments that make parenthood what it is. Clint Smith, Sandman, Jackie Snow, thank you all for joining us. We ask members of the community to record messages for those who are incarcerated as we head into the holidays and the new year. Let's take a listen to some of their messages. My name is Lashana thompson from Southeast D.C. I want you to know that my thoughts and prayers are with you during this very difficult time. I want you to know that I love each and every one of you and that we're fighting every day for freedom and liberty and justice for all. You are not alone and you are never forgotten. Happy holidays, happy Kwanzaa, and happy new year. My name is Laura Forsyth and I live on Capitol Hill in Washington, DC. Please know I am thinking of you every day and that many other neighbors are doing the same. May you feel our love and support coming in through the radio waves. And may you go into the new year filled with peace and hope and determination. Happy holidays. My name is Shannon Battle, and I would like to say thank you to all the men and women of the Free Minds family that's over D.C. jail. Continue to do what you do. Continue writing and reading and being a positive force within your community. This is Emily calling in from D.C.'s Ward 5. I just wanted to say hi, happy holidays to our neighbors in the D.C. jail. And I also wanted to say hi to my friends and pen pals that I met through Abolition Apostles. So hey to Eddie, who's in Texas, and Charlie B. in North Carolina. Happy holidays, and I hope everyone is safe. This is Bernita Johnson from Catholic Charities Welcome Home Reentry Program. My team and I would like to wish you all happy holidays. The Welcome Home Reentry Program is here to serve you. If you're interested in hearing more about our program, please write us at the Welcome Home Reentry Program, 924 G Street Northwest, Washington, D.C., 20001. Thank you and happy holidays. This is Julie Johnson. I live on Capitol Hill in D.C. near the jail. To everyone at the jail, I want you to know that you are my neighbors. While I can't see you and don't know you, please know that every time my family walks, rides, or drives by, we send you good wishes. Have a happy holiday and be well. Hi, this is Noelia from Martha's Table. We just want to wish you a happy holidays and a happy New Year's, and we just want you to know that we are thinking about you. My name is Nena or Chi. I wish you all safety and good health. To all my black trans and queer siblings, I love you and I see you. And as Asada Shakur says, we have a duty to fight for our freedom. We have a duty to win. We must love and protect one another. We have nothing to lose but our chains. Hi, this is Kelly Taylor in Arlington, Virginia. I'm one of the co-founders of Free Minds Book Club and Writing Workshop. I want to give a shout out to everyone currently at the DC Jail and Correctional Treatment Facility. I know these have been difficult days, but I also know a lot of very strong and resilient individuals who are temporarily behind those walls. 
Keep reading and writing, and no matter where you are, always keep your mind free. Happy holidays and Happy New Year. A special thanks to our listeners in the D.C. Jail, the Central Treatment Facility, and anyone else tuning in who is currently or formerly incarcerated. We're wishing you all the best and thinking of you. Today's show on the D.C. Jail and this segment on reading, writing, and journalism were produced by Sidney Grannon. Coming up tomorrow, holiday cooking may look different this year thanks to, pan- to the pandemic. Patty Heenich of Patty's Mexican Table and mixologist Derek Brown of the Columbia Room join us with tips on preparing food and drink for a stay-at-home holiday. Plus, we check in with local business owners to see how the pandemic has impacted the shopping and celebrating season. That all starts at noon tomorrow. Until then, thank you for listening and stay safe. I'm Kojo Nandi. The Kojo Nandi Show is produced by Julie Deppenbrock, Sidney Granin, Lauren Marco, Kurt Gardiner, Richard Cunningham, and Inez Renike. Our managing producer is Ingalisa Schrobstor. Our broadcast engineer is Rashad Young. Today's engineer was Mike Kidd. For past shows and more content, visit kojoshow.org. WAMU 88.5 is your listener-supported NPR news station in the greater Washington, D.C. region. You can support the Kojo Namdi Show and all the regional coverage you value by becoming a member today. Click the Donate button at WAMU.org and thanks.